last one, you have deceived me. I have deceived you. Yes, deceive me. Hello. How we doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty musical today. Oh, I understand that. That makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why, Camden? Why? That's because of the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> the movie we saw. This is a this is a podcast first for us. Uh, I don't think we've ever covered a musical before. No. And this is Except cool. for when they all sang in Sense8. That's true. I mean, that's fair. That's like a music video, though, if yeah. I'm being honest. Um, yeah, so we're doing, uh, we're shaking it up a little bit, and we were, tell the people what we were thinking, Camden. What were we thinking? That we have not done a musical. Yeah. And that none of our other pirate movies are musicals. Yeah. And that we know nothing about this. Yes. So we are clearly the right people to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a trend for this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, today... We are, mini drum roll please, I'm not actually going to do it because that would be a sound effect nightmare, um, we're doing Pirates of Penzance, yeah. From 1983. Three. Yep. Yeah. So, um, let's start where we uh, usually start. Okay. When did you uh, first hear of this, when, when you were aware of it? I think we've clearly established that we have never seen this movie before this podcast. I first saw it. Mm. A few days ago, mm. and mm-hmm. I don't know when I heard of it. I just know that I've heard the name at some point, which is why we thought of it, yes. right? Yes, But I don't know when that was or why. I did not know until, like, looking it up beforehand that it was a, a Gilbert and Sullivan thing. Mm-hmm. I did not know anything, but that the name is alliteration. We like So those. it's sort of memorable, and we were pretty sure it was a musical. Yeah. We That's, were right. We were so right about that. Yeah, I am also in the same boat. I feel like um, I must have heard it as like a reference to like an SNL sketch or something from the West Wing because one of the characters in the West Wing is like a real big fan of Gilbert Sullivan. That makes sense. And I was just like, Pirates of Penzance. It's just something that's always floated around. But like I said, we literally know, knew nothing about it going into it. But we were like, let's do it. And then when I looked it up to see like which movie version would be accessible... Um, because this thing is super old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in like the 1870s, I believe. Yeah. Thank you, Gilbert and Sullivan. Also, my first Gilbert and Sullivan movie. What? Yeah. So important. Um, I don't know if there are a lot of movies or like, I don't know how many of them have been adapted. I have no idea. Again, such a good expert on this. But the point is, I looked this up and was like, oh yeah, there's like a, an 83 version. We can totally do that. And I was like, holy crap, Kevin Klein is in this? Because, you know, for, for you loyal listeners out there who listened to last episode, um, I just keep imagining that Kevin Klein is in pirate stuff, and he's not, and then I get sad. So this is a very exciting move for us to be like, what? Kevin Klein is in this? This is amazing. Because um, I knew like he did Broadway stuff and, and stage plays. He did much more than you thought. But I didn't realize he did musicals. So that was a weird and delightful thing to discover. What were your thoughts on the movie, Camden? I thought it was pretty delightful. It was fucking delightful. It probably helps that I've never experienced any Gilbert and Sullivan thing. Mm-mm. I get the impression that it all has the same style, right? Yeah. So if I had seen a bunch more, I might be a little worn out. But yeah. since I have not experienced it, it was fun yeah. to see it for the first time and all the silly... You know, the wordplay and the oh, yes. ridiculousness. We liked that they, or I should say I liked, that they leaned into the the sort of campiness of it being a, uh, originally a, a play. Yes. Because uh, they used these, you know, very obviously fake-looking backdrops and things. And then there was also a lot of, like, winking yes. at the camera, basically. There is no semblance of reality in this. It is lovely. Yeah, it was fun. I sort of felt like it was, you know... 
this adaptation was made about a hundred years after the original premiere of the the story, so they probably thought it's not like this kind of thing is inherently relatable to the 1983 movie audience. So you know, just present it like what it is, like present present it like a slightly old-fashioned kind of entertainment. And of course, now we're watching it uh, several decades later of them already trying to make something old-fashioned, so it's extra... Extra old-fashioned. Extra old-fashioned. Yeah, when we were watching it uh, for the first time, (laughs) the only time we've seen it, um, it was really funny because I'm like, oh, this came out in 83? Like, this does not look like it came out in 83. Mm -hmm. And not not a discredit to it, it looks like a kind of like a classic, like, MGM musical with, like you said, like, it helps that the sets are clearly sets and they're not trying to go for reality. They're trying to, like, be like, guys, this is a play. Um, this is an operetta and and like that's the fun of it but also like I don't know how it was filmed and how things were like staged and blocked you're just like oh yeah this just it does feel like a kind of a riff on a very old like musical and it's delightful um so I don't know if this is a trend in the 80s or yeah or what this is like how I always felt about um Princess Bride mm-hmm. uh before I knew anything about it in more detail mm-hmm. uh I assumed it was many decades older than it actually was yeah just because it was a similar thing of like we're not even trying to make anything with this sort of 80s um postmodern ironic thing it's just like very much this is the original tone and we're keeping it yeah it's it's really sweet because it just kind of has like its own internal logic and there's kind of like a sweetness to it like i don't like the Pirates of Penzance, spoilers, are supposed to kind of, like, be the bad guys, but they're not bad guys. This is the least, like... <laughs> the least villainous. The least villainous pirates in our whole run of pirates coverage we have ever had. Um, so much so that, like, they even get called out in, like, the first ten minutes of the movie being, like, guys, being... you know you're, like, kind of crappy pirates, right? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And like, They're um, too merciful. You're, you, uh, you guys are all orphans. And whenever you capture orphans, you get really sad, and you're like, well, obviously we can't kill the orphans. And so they let them go. And as a result, their reputation is basically everybody who gets captured by them immediately knows to be like, um, we're orphans. And they're like, oh, shit, of course. I'm so <laughs> sorry for the inconvenience. We're going to let you guys go. Um, yeah, so it's a big blind spot for them. And uh, it's just it's delightful overall. This is also a weird film, so I was doing a little... <laughs> the bare minimum of research on this and from what i gathered um the cast in this with the exception of the queen angela lansbury um they're all from the original for the revival that they did in the 80s or yep. the 80s i think it was 80 it's and 80. it's weird because like this cast has been filmed twice doing this so one was like in the Shakespeare in the Park type thing that happened in, I think, 1980 or 1981, where they were trying to make it more accessible to everybody. And so they were like, hey, we'll, we'll just film, like, the play. Mm-hmm. And, like, the play was a hit. The revival was a big hit. And so they're like, oh, we want to do, like, a movie version, even though they've already filmed a version of it for the play. And it's just, I'm curious if that's very accessible or not, because that would be fun to see the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, to be like, okay, here they are doing it in a park in front of a live audience, and then here's essentially the same thing, but it's in a, an actual like film medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically the same cast, um, which is exciting. But I think we can all safely agree the most exciting thing about this entire film, despite the fact you know that it has pirates and like crazy musical stuff going on, is Kevin Klein's leather pants are so great. <laughs> They're amazing. His very impressive it's, lunging ability. He has the best lunging. <laughs> like we don't. Okay, like we don't really have that much a uh, swordplay and like to go off of like we normally do when we break down pirate uh, films in this podcast, mm-hmm, where we're like, mm-hmm. okay, so like, how's the swordplay? What you know, treasure are they after? And you know, are there any ship battles? And it's none of the above, unless you count true love as a treasure. Which we all should. Plus there were a lot of pirates. And there were a lot of pirates. And they were delightful. But also, like, no, like, massive sword fights. But there was a lot of fun swordplay. Kevin Klein was, like, bouncing the sword around during musicals. And he had some skills. I feel like we need to add uh, 
very specific rules mm. to the list of pirate tropes because yes. obviously it's a thing in Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. and also a thing here uh, where pirates have very specific and arbitrary moral codes. Yes, in they this do. case involving orphans. Yes. The orphans. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, not only uh, the fact of his lunges in general. So good. But so the way good. that he sometimes would just do it for no reason while walking. I know. I love One it. One time directly towards I us. I mean, I would, I would just have him lunge at me all day because, seriously, his form is amazing and those pants are really working for him. I was quite worried for his knees. Oh, my God. Like, uh, nobody's business. Yeah, he, I was like, no wonder you're in such amazing shape. Like, this looks <laughs> so exhausting to do. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's he's fabulous. He plays the Pirate King. He won a Tony for it, and he's just fucking fantastic. And I think, like, this isn't important at all, but I found it hilarious because it, it can tie into the distribution that we were going to talk about for this movie. But this got filmed first, but Sophie's Choice got released first. So Sophie's Choice, I believe, is technically his film debut, even though this one got made before it. Um, and I'm just like, dude, you're on a winning streak. Sophie's Choice, Pirates of Penzance, fucking works. Very similar movies. Yeah, completely. And the thing that is really interesting about this is that this movie was a massive flop, despite the fact that people really liked it and it got good reviews. And I think it kind of has a bit of a cult following. But I looked it up and... Oh, I can explain why it was a flop. Yeah. I have this information on my head. Uh, yes. I didn't even have to look it up. But... Uh, <laughs> Go for it. There was a boycott of this movie because Universal released it to theaters, but also to subscription television services, Select TV and ONTV. Mm -hmm. And theater owners did not like this, so they would not show it. It only showed up in like 92 theaters or something across the country. Yes, yes. It made nothing. So it seems a little unfair, but Definitely. apparently it was received pretty well, so there's always that. Yeah, I think it kind of... Th that's kind of why it has like this fun cult status because it's already i would imagine popular because it's gilbert and sullivan and it's like a parody operetta i don't have enough musical theater history or music history background to get all the references but like apparently they're riffing on like a lot of classic composers and like musical like gilbert and sullivan are like we're riffing off of certain tropes mm -hmm, mm -hmm from like operettas and arias and all this jazz and I was like oh that's delightful and it's nice because this is a type of movie where um you can watch it and enjoy like the ridiculousness of it and not have that context mm -hmm. and it's still really funny I think it obviously it adds more if you if you kind of have that already under your belt watching it but like it's nice because it kind of has appeal across the board for like people who aren't music like big musical theater lovers they can still be like this is ridiculous, and I'm loving it. I don't know a lot either about that, and I thought it was kind of like watching Shakespeare or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's old enough t that the comparison is valid, like like it was literally made in a time where many sensibilities were extremely different. Yes. Um, where there's all sorts of references to things that were current and also things that weren't current but people just knew about. Yeah. Um... But the fundamentals of it are very um, universal, I think. And, yeah. and the thing is that people always kind of enjoy, in this case, like, not just the actual words, but, like, the way this movie is done. There's a lot of slapstick and stuff like that, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is obviously something that translates very well across the years. Um, but even, like, when they're doing wordplay on words that, you know, we don't really use as much anymore, mm -hmm. you can still find it funny. And I guess for me, I find it not that hard to to place myself in those shoes mm -hmm. of the original time and, and think, you know, this, this, this is a clever pun, but also it would have been a more commonplace thing to say if yeah. you were from that time period. Um, I don't know. It just it translates pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. And even if it doesn't, like that can be funny in its own way. Exactly. Much like any extremely old thing where you're like, well, that's a little different than how we would probably do it now. And I think, like you said, we've touched on this already. It really helps that like it is so clearly not set in any sort of reality. Yeah. Like they do have a you know a vague time and place. If it's like it's takes place, I think in like 
Cornwall or something, and it's definitely during the Victorian period because that takes a you know a big portion of the of the ending of being like guys just of course, swear to the queen and they're like dope we're gonna do it but like because even though that is kind of important to the story the fact that it's all very vague and the actual reality of the world doesn't feel like like anything even close to our world it literally does look like a a very nice stage mm-hmm. um i think that just kind of is a good access point into it and so what I liked about it was um, I <laughs> I kept being like, I can't keep up with all the words because they sing incredibly fast in certain parts. Subtitles are very helpful. Subtitles are super helpful. Um, but like, even if you didn't do that, you're like, I'm still getting the gist of it. So I understand like the, the point that you make about like it being kind of like Shakespeare in the sense of you're like, yeah, this isn't modern sensibilities, but like the comedy still translates and like the music's fun. And um, again, Kevin Klein's leather pants, really, really. Definitely, just like the supporting actor of the entire thing. Obviously, a little easier than Shakespeare or something. Yes. Because the language is more familiar. Yes. And to be honest, also, there's quite a lot of repetition in most of the songs. Mm-hmm. So if you miss stuff, you, you usually get it eventually. I'm a modern major, modern major general. Yeah. I mean, just there's a, a lot of like. Model of a modern major, major. I can't do it's, it. It's, uh, I am the a very model, model of a. I am a very model of a modern major general. The, I am the very model of a modern. That's what I said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna um, cut that out. <laughs> but it yes, is that's funny the because famous one. That's the famous. That's the one, famous one, and I I heard the line, and I was like, wait. And again, this is just points to how how little I know about musical theater and can still enjoy it. I was like, oh, that's a line from Hamilton, because I knew Hamilton had had. had has a lot of sneaky references to a bunch of things, including obviously other, you know, musicals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh wow, that's like a really obvious one. This is great. I I get that reference, as we say. I have to admit, I didn't know it gets that fast though. They really so they really fast. went for it. So impressive. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, what is your lung capacity, you guys? Yeah. Oh, I feel bad. We have not uh, done a really quick breakdown of what actually happens, but it's well, you delightful. know, it's very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, I shall do it. With little assistance Go from for my it. memory. You could do it. I believe in you. <laughs> uh, we are introduced to the pirates of Penzance. Yes. yes uh, who are about to uh, lose one of their favorite members, uh, Frederick. Frederick. Because he is turning 21, and it turns out that he was accidentally pressed into pirate service uh, by his nursemaid, who th- was supposed to apprentice him to a pilot. She heard wrong. Yes. Heard wrong. First bit of classic wordplay there. Yeah. Uh, and he hates being a pirate, he reveals, so he is immediately going to uh, turn his intentions towards destroying them once yeah. he is out of their service. I'm not so much that like, he hates being a pirate. He just has a He's like, disapproves. overly... He disapproves like, of their lifestyle. An over-eager sense of moral duty. Yes, yes. Which I believe is the full... The original title is... The Pirates of Penzance or the Slave of Duty or something like that, so, which makes sense because the dude's all about it. Yes. So, Frederick, he leaves. He leaves the pirates and uh, he meets he... some young ladies in a very lengthy scene. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, pirates come and attempt to seize the young ladies. Um, why don't you take it from there? Yeah, so what ends up happening is all these young ladies are daughters. I don't know how many. It's like Bunny Island. The The Major General has like 10 daughters. It's impressive. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, so the pirates are like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to like marry these ladies. And then the modern Major General pops up and he's like, guys, please don't marry my daughters. You're going to leave me all alone. I'm really sad. And they're like, no, man, like this is what we're going to do. Because he is an orphan. And then he, and then he lies because he knows <laughs> that they're the pirates of Penzance. He's like, I've got this shit and tells them, oh, but you guys, I'm an orphan. They're like, oh my God, you're an orphan. We are so sorry. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And so like, that's basically act one. As Frederick falls in love with one of the daughters named Mabel and she sings, damn, does she sing? Anyway, so Act 2 is basically, like, the general being like, ah, damn, I lied to the pirates. I kind of feel bad about it. And the (laughs) daughters are like, why are you sad, Dad? He's like, I just, I got a lot of feelings, you know? Lying's not cool to the pirates. And and so uh, Frederick is like, okay, now that I am no longer with the pirates, I'd give them fair warning that I've got to go up against them. I'm going to call in the local constables to help me take them out. And, uh... And basically, he gets confronted with the Pirate King and Ruth, and they're like, hey, uh, by the way, we read the fine print, 
and you were born on a leap year, my good man. So even though you turn 21, like you can't be released until your 21st birthday. And that's not going to be until like 1940 or whatever, which yeah. is a very long time. And so he hilariously is like, goes to Mabel, his fiance, and he's like, look, girl, I got a real strong sense of duty. And I know I said that I was going to take out these pirates, but I just realized I'm still technically under contract. So can you wait for me? She's like, I will wait for you. It's a very long time, but I'll do it. He's like, great. So then he like hooks up with the pirates and basically is like, by the way, guys, now that I'm on your side again, needs to let you know that the modern major general totally lied to you about being an orphan. They're like, holy shit, not cool. (laughs) And so (laughs) this whole like battle ensues between them the general and the constables and it all basically ends happily ever after because the constables are just like what about queen victoria and they're like oh my god you're right we love queen victoria we can't fight you we can't fight you we love the queen so much and then (laughs) like the modern major general is all like oh i didn't realize you guys are noblemen after ruth is like yeah they're just noblemen who just you know kind of went bad but that's okay we'll get it fixed they're all pardoned yeah they're all pardoned and then they all get married to the daughters and everybody lives happily ever after and it is a quick turnaround (laughs) it's very neat yes very tidy yeah yeah so um it's delightful um the stakes are not as high they're not super high some of the films we have and the treasure is love you guys and and orphans Yeah, and because they're all orphans, they're Very all sad. orphans. Yeah, um, I will say that uh, I really enjoy the pirate ship. There's a boom, and it says "Watch your head," which is very helpful. Um, I just think these are the friendliest pirates you would ever meet, and you would never meet them in reality of any of the other movies we have covered. Maybe like some version of Peter Pan. They're about, like, that level of caliber, and they don't have, like, a villainous captain leading them. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the Smees. Like, the crew <laughs> of Smees. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think uh, anything really exciting about anybody other than Kevin Klein. Um, well, uh... Oh, Frederick is, like, such an ageist. It's really, it's really uh, upsetting. <laughs> He's just like, Ruth... You were my nursemaid. You really fucked me over when I was eight, and your hearing really screwed both of us over. And she's just like, I know, my bad, okay? And he's like, you're the only woman I've ever seen. And are you beautiful? And she's like, Psh, totally, what are you talking about? And then he's like, you betrayed me when he actually uh, the, sees The song women. is entitled, Oh False One. Yes. You it's have deceived me. made me laugh so hard when he broke out into like full on hardcore like operetta being like, false one. I was like, oh geez, it's happening. A little unsettled that it appears that uh, Ruth has been preparing yeah. him for, for his whole life yeah. to potentially like, marry her. Your nursemaid is like, we belong together. I've known you since like you were like maximum eight years old. Probably earlier if I'm your nursemaid. Emphasis on nursemaid. Like, mm-hmm. what the mm-hmm. hell? Questionable. Questionable. I mean, Mrs. Potts really wanted to get some from yep, Mr. Yep. Frederick. He had luscious hair, though, so, like, I don't blame her, but it is a it is a bit of an icky situation. I like that things kind of worked out for her, you know? Yeah. Because she just got to sort of be a pirate. Yeah. And she seemed to enjoy that. Yeah. I'm not sure, uh, you know, how things ended up for her when they were all pardoned and weren't pirates. Mm. The interesting thing here is she continues our longstanding trope of people just suddenly getting pirate outfits that fit them no problem, which has previously been small children, but also applies to elderly ladies. I think she probably just, you know, went and made it herself. I appreciate that. She's committed, you know? I really like it. Because she just sort of shows up again. Yeah. And she's suddenly with them. For no reason. Um, We have to fill in the gaps. Other than she's Angela Lansbury, and you're like, yeah, I need more of her. She probably got a pirate outfit and then went, you know, over to them Mm -hmm. and said, like, can I join back up Mm -hmm. and do it properly? I am curious if she's the one that instigated for the Pirate King to be like, let's look at Frederick's contract again and see if we can, or if, or if the Pirate King was just like, guys, I really miss Frederick. I'm just going to like mourn him and look over his contract and realize there's a loophole here. I don't know. Either way, it's delightful. And I think that's probably my favorite sequence um, is the song, which apparently isn't original 
for yes, the, yes. this particular musical, it's from another Gilbert and Sullivan musical where they just sing and talk really, really fast and they open and close doors and it just is exhausting to look at, but also so impressive. Yeah, it seems like they wanted something that would be even faster than Modern Major General Which to be like in this a one. Which is feat, my friend. Which, to be fair, is like, it's in Act 1, and so maybe they just wanted something similar for, for Act, Act two, 2, And basically. they probably just wanted more Angela, like, let's be honest yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what is that one called? Do you it's remember? It's called My Eyes Are Fully Open. It's insane. I was like, I don't, I, I don't understand how you guys did this. More of the obvious, of course, sort of self-awareness as yes. they're all clearly exhausted at the end of yes, it. Yes, which is really funny. Which lends to the feeling that it's all very, like, it's all very show-offy, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It feels like the main vibe of this in general, and I don't know, probably all of Gilbert and Sullivan, that yeah. like, yes, we all know this is a lot. Yes. Uh, appreciate how much work we put into this? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will not be doing this again. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is, it is wild. Um, I'm, uh, also, another Gilbert and Sullivan reference, um, apparently the, the play that they crash at, at, at the end. Oh yeah, they crashed it. Is another HMS Gilbert Pinafore. and Sullivan yes. show. And I'm just like, geez, guys. I love it. Yeah, at the end it gets pretty. Uh, it we, you literally turn to me and you're like, this is just it's like just the end of the end of blazing saddles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, all sense of reality is is kind of gone. That ties in really well with the fact that after all that insanity, they pretty much immediately, as you described, just go. Uh, oh, McQueen. and it turns out no one was really a bad guy, and yeah, <laughs> it's all good. We're all friends here. It's all great. They like, were all temporarily embarrassed noblemen. Yeah. Whoops. My bad. Um, I also like the the police guys. Yeah, the police guys were great. I don't remember what they it is. They say Tarantara. I tarantara, don't remember tarantara. what that is. It's like a thing. It's delightful. Also, that dude has like a crazy body. Yeah, and yeah. Just like the, move it like nobody's the head business. guy. Yeah. Um, oh, the Tarantara is apparently the sound of a trumpet. Oh. That's right. We are so musical. <laughs> clearly knew that. Yeah, the, I will look this guy up. Tony Azito, his name. He's fucking rocking the, it. The police guy. And uh, yeah, he's like, he's got a lot of very specific, unusual energy, I have to mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. And I did look him up and basically find that he, you know, he played many roles that specifically made use of that. Yes, adhered <laughs> to his special yeah. skill set. Sort of in a Doug Jonesy way, it seems. Yeah. There's a lot of really bitchin' mustaches, too, in this movie, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Like, obviously, the Major General, but of also course, you gotta have some one. of the police guys. That's, that's part of being... And then Kevin Klein, obviously, there's a there's like a running joke. It doesn't it's it doesn't fit, and I mean, it doesn't apply to everything in his filmography, but the joke is, if he has facial hair, minimum a mustache, he's doing a comedy, and if he's clean-shaven, he's doing a drama. And obviously this is at the very beginning of his film career, but it applies. It applies. He's got a, he's he got just, a lot of comedic, chaotic energy. Not to, you know, insult his mustache anyway, but he just looks you hilarious tread when softly, he has one for some sir. reason. Tread so you were on the thinnest you know, you know, of ice. You know what <laughs> I mean. Insulting Klein's stash. You can see it. He just yeah, it does. It doesn't Such make him more. Energy. I think it's because he's so expressive anyway that like it just kind of feels like it's been enhanced because there's just literally something extra on his face. Yeah. Um, but it's really. Del- I'm also like he's wearing eyeliner and it looks good. <laughs> it looks real good. This is just like he's like what the happened Jack Sparrow of this. Gabriel room. Byrne. I know, but like ten times better than Gabriel Byrne. Well, that's true. He wasn't doing nearly enough lunching yeah, and singing. Exactly. Also, he only wore the leather pants for like a hot second. Yeah. Kevin Klein is in those babies the whole time. So I would Commitment. say we've been introduced to some nice, uh, very stylish, swaggering pirates during yeah. this journey. He's up there now. <laughs> he's like in my top five for like well-dressed, swaggering pirates. I mean, he's flouncing about the whole time, but his swordplay is delightful it's and his lunges are, you know, natural for none. a pirate to yes. flounce. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm trying to think of anything else that was super piratey. Yeah, I was trying to cover the pirate stuff. I mean, it was mainly the pirates and their presence. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the most time I've ever seen in one of the films we've covered, please correct me if I'm wrong, that I've seen pirates on land for this long. That's true. They were only on sea at the beginning. On sea, yeah. Oh, except for when they they sailed their boat up later and crashed into the backdrop. Into the backdrop, and you're just like, okay. I'm here for it. Very stealthily, yes. They really played up the the stealth. Yeah. Uh, by casually just exploding <laughs> into the scene 
It's lovely. I also really like the the slow mo of them like stalking the general while he's like flouncing about. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's just certain qualities about this movie, whether it's how fast they're singing or like what they're kind of mimicking, whether it's like slow mo action or, or like sword fighting or what have you, or just kind of jumping around on the ship at the beginning, where I'm like, this is very hard to do. And this is incredibly impressive. <laughs> a lot of those scenes are very enhanced by the uh, by the fake looking sets, I yes. think, as well. Yeah. Because it just kind of looks, it literally looks like a playground, you know, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Well, as you said, there's quite a lot of excellent uh, form mm-hmm. in lunging. Yes. Even if they didn't actually use that to fight each other with. No, but it's impressive. I'm getting just flashbacks of it now. And, and you know, like really you said, there was a ship. There, was there were a, a lot of outfits. They had, there was they a had strong a, they sense had a pirate flag. of duty, yes. which does come up a lot. Yes. Frederick's ass was also really nice. He deserves credit. He does. He gets a lot of costume changes, too, and he yeah. looks good in all of them. I'm trying to think of my favorite costume for him. I don't remember all the costumes. It's probably the first one. He's rocking it. Mm-hmm. Turn around, I'm like, that's a butt. That's a nice butt. So. Well, being as this is, of course, a musical, mm. it feels like we should probably discuss... Those, those songs a bit. Yes. There is a lot. You know, I'm looking There's at so this track listing. Well, it's, a, and they, it's they, an operetta, so like it's a majority of it yeah. is singing. So it's not so Very much little dialogue. big numbers as much as it's like it flows from every section is divided. Yeah. Well, I, I already told you my favorite, which was the one that technically isn't part of the musical in the original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was great. That one was awesome. I remember thinking at the beginning that the one is is really long. It's the one where he meets the daughters, basically. Oh my god, they will which not Which looks stop like singing. it has like five sections before the pirates even show up. Jeez. So yeah, it's pretty long. I mean, in the context of the fact that I guess the daughters are there for the rest of it, so yeah. it's basically introducing them, introducing Frederick to them, then introducing the pirates to them. Like it makes sense that it's long, but it is it goes, like very I think long. It like breaks down from like <laughs> them singing, not realizing he's there, him showing up and being like, "Yo, girls, I'm here," and then him being like, "Take pity on me," and they're like, "Oh, not about that." And then Mabel shows up and she's yeah. like, "I'm all about this." And then he's like, "Oh my God, guys, pirates are coming! You should hide." And they do not hide. No. It's a lot. It's like a, it's a solid like 20 minutes, half hour sequence where I'm just like, no one has stopped to talk or catch their breath. Good Lord. I think that uh, it's, I think that this is the kind of thing that I was saying I was worried about if, uh, if I saw a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan, which is that um, they definitely loved the joke of like this song this piece is going for too long way too long and it's really played up i don't you know i can't speak to what it's how it's always presented in the the play the opera Mm -hmm. but like in the movie in particular really played up in this song that um that frederick is just like oh my god she won't stop singing yes and keeps looking at the camera basically yeah and um then it's also done later with some of the other songs. Yeah, at the very end where they're like getting together in the like town square. Yeah. And um, it's Mabel and one of her sisters who Kevin Klein ends up with. I mean, it's a pretty great callback because now they're all having that reaction. Right. But still, like, definitely the kind of thing where if, if there's more of the same joke, I'm sure it gets a little old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it's kind of funny to weaponize the, the opera singing that way. Yes. Like, it's really impressive, but also we're aware that it can get a bit exhausting. I think that's why, like we talked about before with the with the other musical number, um, with Angela and Kevin Klein and, and Frederick, mm-hmm. where like, they're aware that it's exhausting and they don't hide the exhaustion at the end. And so it, it's kind of like a breaking the fourth wall moment, uh, literally in this in this instance with like Mabel and Frederick like looking at the camera being like, Jesus, yeah. she is not stopping. And it's, it's this, it's doing really fun thing of two things at once where it's like you are impressed but you are also eliciting the exact reaction of the audience from the people on screen yeah. of like them being like wow she will not stop singing we're still enjoying it but it's like it's a very well structured funny riff on being both not necessarily meta but like everybody is on the same page mm-hmm. of being like okay within the context like she's singing but also in another context it's very annoying and then in this context, they're going very fast. In another context, we all know they're exhausted. So it feels like a performance, and yet the performance is so entertaining that it just adds really fun layers building on top of it. I think that section is essentially the the weakest part 
Um, and it's mostly just because Frederick and the daughters are the most uh, sincere characters, even yes. though they are very funny in how sincere they are. Um, they're there by themselves for, like you say, a while, like I 20 minutes or something. At least a half hour, I feel and, like. Um, None of the really campy characters are really in there livening mm-hmm. it, it up um, yeah. until the pirates show back up again, and then the general's there, and then for the rest of it, like, one of those characters is always around, yeah. or, like, even the, the policemen show up later, yeah. and they're obviously pretty ridiculous. So when we, we hadn't seen it, we don't know anything about it. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, like, I hope everyone else shows up again soon, you know, mm-hmm. because... They've been going for a while, just this these groups of people. Yeah. Um, but they did, and it was exciting. And then that part was really great. Um, I think we both enjoyed the Modern Major General yeah. a lot. It was pretty good. It was I awful. don't know why, but this is no relation to real life. Mm-hmm. But this is well established, I think, that uh, something about the usage of the concept of orphans for yes. comedy... It's really funny. It can work for me. So it works for me so well. This joke, this joke's very entertaining. I think it's just they just take it so seriously, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I like all the references later on. The general says something about like how terrible it was for me to take advantage of those so obviously easily deceived pirates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's just such a well-known factor in the story that like they're no threat at all yeah. because it's so easy. I mean, they even <laughs> made the joke them. at the beginning when you first meet the pirates and Frederick calls them out on it by being like, guys, we all know that the Royal Navy cannot be strictly like like, we Hiring. captured three ships of entirely orphans. Yeah, entire orphans. But it's like, there's no way the British Navy is completely sourcing their crews strictly from orphanage, orphanages. He's going to launch right into the uh, the Gimli speech yeah. about how the Royal Navy must have just sprung up out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Or the but, sea. Or the sea. The sea makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny because it's like, even though the pirates have been made aware of this flaw... They still keep falling into it, and there's something incredibly like sweet about it. Yes. And it, it's funny because like it's it's not necessary, obviously, because like the 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 punchline is there. But it does make me very curious. Of like, I would just love to see them interact before they hit the island, to be like, okay, so how do they interact with the pirates, like other pirates in this world? And again, it's not necessary, but it is fun to be like, okay, so this world isn't set in any sort of reality, um, but it's very specific, and you have to be very careful with not completely breaking it, because it can't be too sincere, but it can't be overly sentimental, because we are like, it is a parody. Mm -hmm. But um, at the same time, you're like, I I would just love to see them interact (laughs) with any other pirate who is not of Panzance to do, like, to just to see it, because we're already aware, just based off of what everybody else is saying, from, you know, different anecdotes, that, like, they are way too soft-hearted. I think the moment that really seals the deal and, and makes the whole tone perfect mm. is just the fact that we go to the general in the act two and that he feels bad about it. Yeah. Because it takes it from... Just these pirates are unusually soft-hearted. Like, oh no, like, the entire universe we're in revolves around this kind of moral logic. That, yes. like, he, uh, the general himself, is like, I can't believe what a terrible person yeah, I am. Yeah, they're I can't all incredibly sweet. You all want to <laughs> hang out with them. And like I said, like, there's really no... There's no antagonist in the traditional sense because the stakes are so incredibly low. In the sense of, like... We get that it's a musical and it's a comedy, but there's never any doubt that, like, either side is really in the wrong, other than, you know, obviously the pirates were like, hey, we want to marry these women. You're like, maybe not, but, like, they're so, like, they're so harmless Mm -hmm. in a sense of it being, like, I never in my mind was like they're gonna kill the general you know what i mean like this isn't a tragic i mean that's just not the type of play that it is but it's like there's no bad guys in this it's just a group of like really funny people miscommunicating i think if there's any and feeling really bad about it if there's any tension it's just um the feeling i felt when i thought there isn't that much of this left and obviously everyone's gonna come out of it fine so i'm not sure how it's gonna happen um and then, of course, 
I did not predict it happened through their love for Queen Victoria. Yeah. Well, um, you know. So they really got me there. Out of respect, guys. That definitely feels like something that, like, was specifically made to play with the audience at the time. Yes. In, in a way that we can't quite... Grasp. Totally get the joke. Yeah. But it's, um, it's far enough removed from us that it's still, I think, pretty like, funny yeah, it's to just be kind like, of absurd. oh, this one, like, monarch figure, you're like, oh, I'm changing my ways. Yeah, it feels like some sort of 1800s in-joke about, like, we're all a little bit too, uh, you know, or we were There's a too, strong too a obsessed sense of duty. with the, the yeah. duty or something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, but it definitely still plays well. I was reading a little bit about it, and someone was also confused about this section earlier on, I believe it's near the end mm-hmm. after the uh, Modern Major General bit, mm-hmm. where they all sing about their love of poetry, mm-hmm. and was asking like, what is the actual context for this? Like, is this a jokey reference to something? And people were saying like, I don't I don't think so. It's just sort of a joke about how they're all so easily distracted by these lofty ideals mm-hmm. and things like that. I thought it had a similar absurdity that was just kind of funny even if you didn't entirely feel like you were in on the joke yeah yeah and that's the thing is like we said watching this without all the historical context or even the musical theater context like it's really entertaining i think that's a obviously a a major point in the column towards it of being like hey you can literally go in like us knowing absolutely nothing and as long as you're, like, aware that it's a musical, because <laughs> that, that would actually be terrifying, going and being like, Pirates of Penzance, a great pirate movie, and watching it and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I think, like, it's it's incredibly entertaining and ridiculous and joyous and, and just silly, but in a, in a very delightful way. Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to almost divide the movie into sections to talk about because mm-hmm. of the style of, of thing it is the yeah. way that like you say it's just almost all singing mm-hmm. so uh it just kind of feels like a, a continuous flow of things and some of the scenes are just really long because it just goes from one piece to the next basically mm-hmm. i mean the first act is like they're on the ship then frederick and ruth have a scene on the beach, and they basically just all hang out on a different part of the beach of the beach for like half an hour. Yeah, and basically, I mean, wait, was Act Two entirely at the mm-hmm. uh, yeah at the house? Yeah, it's at the house, and at the very end, it's in like the in yeah. town, and that's it. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, I could talk a little bit about the um the way it looked in itself. You were talking about how they filmed another version of it. Yes. And I was wondering. I haven't specifically looked it up. Since they had the same cast and, and director and stuff like that, presumably mm-hmm. um, it's quite similar I to would the imagine. play. I mean, uh, obviously the big casting change is Angela Lansbury as yeah. Ruth. And presumably the choreography is very similar, but I'm sure that some of it might be a little different too. And there are definitely a few cases where you can see that they've done something more specifically for a film, and they maybe they had to modify it for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that stuck out to me was... I think it was the policemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all doing something, and then they, they were in a circle, and the camera went above them. So, you know, it had one of those, like, there's a circle with someone in the middle of it mm-hmm. images. And that's, like, something that's specifically designed to look good from above, yes. especially with the way they're kicking their legs in mm-hmm. and out. And I'm sure they probably did something like that in the original choreography, but it's definitely, like, aspects of it are intended to work from that angle and there are other things like that mm-hmm. on different parts so i imagine that there must be some differences and obviously like on the sliding scale of you know just filming a play to mm-hmm. like completely revamping it this is very close to the filming a play side yeah but i mean the camera movement is still there like it's mm-hmm. very active it's it's more active than i anticipated it yeah like we were saying be. there's there's part where like you know kevin clan's like lunging directly towards you very close yeah. and stuff like that yeah, there's, there's definitely different bits where like the way you would perceive it is different because of course fundamentally the one thing you can't really change in a play is like the only way it's ever going to be framed is everyone's there doing their thing all at once mm-hmm. you can't like make the audience you know only see the character on the left or something right. like that um so it does lend itself to that kind of thing um, it would probably be fun to see that performance or to see any other version, I guess, mm-hmm. of this. So we knew. Um, yeah, I know they did another re- they uh, did revival in the 2000s, and I didn't 
click on any of the footage yet, but just from the thumbnail, I saw that like the Pirate King basically looks like Jack Sparrow, which is another really interesting thing to be like, you can see mm -hmm. very, very old photographs of, I don't know if it's the original run, but it's, it's old. It's like definitely around the time it premiered, if not in like the 1900s. And the way the Pirate King is set up is obviously it is first stage, but he has like the very classic like black hat with the skull and crossbones on it and a big mustache. And you're just like, yeah, that's our dude. And then obviously like <laughs> Kevin Klein has like a whimsical bandana and a, like a very flowy like white blouse skirt. It's the 80s. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's still got like little touchstones to the time period that it's being adapted for. And then, like I said, in, in the the other revival that I believe I saw for the, the 2000s, the Pirate King looks like Jack Sparrow. So I think it's a it's a really interesting like kind of little like time cap capsule mm -hmm. to be like, OK, what do people what do the audiences think of when they think of pirates? Yeah. I mean, since he's a, a parody, essentially. Yes. It makes sense for him to reflect yeah. that. Yeah, whatever the most popular image of what the pirate is uh, at the moment is the one that they're going to riff on. So it's just really interesting in terms of like a costume design standpoint, because like we said, it is vaguely set in the Victorian era, but you don't have to adhere to that too much just because mm. the reality yeah, is so flimsy to begin with. You are commenting on something about the costumes or something yeah. right away, and we were noticing this is a recurring thing mm -hmm. that like none of these pirate movies totally get the time period right yeah because and even it if they do really there's, there's flourishes to it anyway yeah it doesn't really matter I think like it's because none of them are actually conjuring up a real time period they're no. conjuring up like a magical more whimsical time mm -hmm. of pirates and things unless i'm sure there is you know a very gritty realistic pirate movie we haven't seen but yes. like none of the ones we've watched are yeah. going for that but that should say something about the genre as a whole too yeah. it's like it is it and always has kind of been presented as an escapist fantasy for a lot of people because like a lot of the pirates that we've covered are are you know kind of in the camp of bad guys just by their nature they are pirates but they always have like a very specific thing about them that makes them like the good version of it yeah i mean it is inherently about people who are not good people yes <laughs> but the whole premise of the genre is that actually it's super great yeah. Um, to be that or to be part of that. But they also do it within parameters that are morally acceptable within yeah. the framework of the world. Which is different depending on, I guess, when the thing was made. Uh -huh. But, like, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, makes me wonder what the pirate would look like now. But I guess that makes me realize that we haven't really had our current pirate resurgence. Mm -mm. It seems to happen in waves, right? Is that like some good secret? Oh, I didn't. I didn't there? do that. On <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Presumably, eventually, in in this new decade, we will see some sort of exciting pirate, pirate adventure. Six, baby. Yeah, it probably won't it just probably be won't more just pirates, be. Caribbean movies, but I you don't never know. know. I think. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, this is Pirates of Penzance is following the delightful trend of like, quote unquote, the pirate curse for movies, where they just flop obviously this yeah. one has a very specific reason for why it flopped but like uh, it is it's an interesting trend because they are expensive to make and musicals are also expensive to make so the combo of the two ignoring the fact that the the actual reason is because you know the distributors were upset it's just really interesting to me to be like there aren't a lot of pirate movies anymore there haven't been for quite some time and the only big massive blockbuster one that we have is a franchise that has been going for close to 20 years if they drop another one within this decade mm -hmm. um so it's i think the fact that they did a revival in the 2000s and again i'll, I'll look and see what, what specific time in the 2000s it was where the pirate king is looking like jack sparrow like if we were to do another revival in like 10 years it'll probably still look like jack sparrow just because we don't have we any don't other have pirate one, yeah. movies and arguably, like, he is one of the most iconic, you know, film characters of the 21st century. Like, he's not going to be easily erased when you think pirate. Uh, mm -hmm. Almost 90% of the time, I, a lot of people will say Jack Sparrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I would like to see more pirate movies. Hell, I'm down for more pirate musicals. Just because, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, like, how far do you lean into how silly it's going to be? Mm -hmm to make it work or how far do you like stray from it because like pirates can be silly and musicals can also be inherently silly because people are breaking out into song and they don't stop singing 
Um, so it's, it's a very curious combination. But I don't think it will happen anytime soon. No. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, we talked about your favorite musical number, which essentially means we talked about your favorite scene. Yes. Uh, and I think I, I basically agree with you. I like the, the really fast patter stuff, and so I already liked Modern Major General, and yeah. I was very excited to have something even more ridiculous happen. Yes. Um, and I also really liked the part right before they go into that, mm-hmm. where they explain to Frederick that mm-hmm. uh, he's still in their service, work, because, I don't know, I just wasn't expecting uh, the plot to be built around the concept of leap years like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like... <laughs> It's the kind of joke people make all the time. Yeah. And it's such a old joke mm-hmm. that it's kind of almost shocking to see it be used in an actual comedy. And, and used it makes me realize that, times that too. they probably it probably wasn't as common a joke when mm-hmm. they made it. I like the 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 leap year joke for two reasons. One because it's a hilarious loophole that deals with, you know, contracts and pirate morality and a sense of duty, which is, like, a huge theme, obviously, in the play. But then another riff on a sense of duty is from that joke of him having to switch sides, which is hilarious, you also get the fantastic joke of, you know, the the lovers being separated and him asking her to be like, will you wait for me? And she's like, of course I'll wait for you. But there's, like, a specific time frame, and it's ridiculously long. It's insane. And it's really, really funny because you're like, it's the joke that kind of keeps on giving because, you know, it's twofold. It's like it affects more than one character. (laughs) And then it's also riffing on a trope in musical theater on top of like playing up the themes of it, which is really, really delightful, actually. So that was pretty great. Yeah. I think we, we pretty much have a shared favorite character here. Yeah. Should we say it on a count of three? One, two. It's, Kevin it's Klein's leather king, pants. The pirate king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pirate king. That's what I meant, of yep. course. Leather pants, really great. Uh, yeah, he's just fantastic. I mean, they all are. They're all doing great work. It's just you know you can't compete, guys. You can't. He compete. has so much energy. I know, Jesus. His poor knees. I wonder what they're like now. Poor man. Um, delightful. But anyway. Who can say? Who can say? But they were entertaining as hell, all of them. So, well, I guess this is it. This is yeah. Pirates of yeah. Penzance, guys. Check it out. It's wild. <laughs> it's really entertaining. <laughs> All right. I will sign off. This is Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.